Doug Skeen is standing by on the Meyer guest line. And, Doug, you just heard my statement. You agree or disagree? Ah, Bill, that would be a wonderful reality, wouldn't it, if that were to come true? Uh, I had a vision, man. I woke I, up in the middle of the I, night, okay? <laughs> I would. I, I so much want to agree with you, but I just don't know that we have enough on the passing end of our offense to overcome anybody that may find a way to create problems for us to run the football, and that is my greatest concern. What happens when we're not having the best of days, pounding the rock, and we got to put it in the air, and we got to get separation with our wide receiver crew. That's the part that scares me. That's the part that prevents me from going as far as you just did. You know, it's interesting, Doug. If we roll back to our Tullymore Fall Football Summit in August, and we talked about the strength of this team being too deep at quarterback and the depth of the receivers, and here we are 10 games later thinking that could hold this team back from winning at Ohio State or maybe even winning a national title. That's how up and down and crazy and unexpected this season has been for Michigan football and how they've won. Well, it's, it's, it's certainly been interesting. And I think we also knew all along, going back to August, this offensive line was going to be pretty good, along with these returning tight ends. Now, of course, we got some injuries here at this point in the season, which is absolutely normal. Uh, but still, this is this is the strength of this Michigan offense is the five guys up front. The rotation of the sixth and seventh guy with Al Hadi at left guard and, and Barnhart stepping in since Trente went down. And I've seen now Trente's back, and he's available to play. So this is the strength. And Blake Corum has absolutely demonstrated a physical strength that he did not have last year, running through guys and getting extra yardage. So... It's been fun to watch as an old offensive lineman myself, Bill. I always enjoy watching that boring football, just grinding people out. I just, again, I have concerns about what happens when we're not having the greatest running days, and and I think that's where we're going to have a little trouble. And how would it, from a pure football perspective, Doug, with you playing down in Texas and playing five years at Michigan and a taste of the NFL, what is the game plan? Maybe – Beginning with Illinois, I doubt they have the offense to beat us, but how, how do you stop Michigan? Because nobody has stopped that running game. Well, that's the only, you know, the only, the only thing you can really do is you got to load up the box. you got to play a physical brand of football. So the best matchup for whoever that's going uh, to be to bring Michigan down to the loss column is going to be an outstanding defensive line that can, can keep Michigan's offensive linemen from getting to the second level getting after somebody's linebackers, that'll be, the, that'll be the case. I don't know that Ohio State has that. I, I couldn't tell you that they do. I have not seen a dominating defensive line out of Ohio State. I think we match up fairly well there. But it's going to take outstanding execution. And the one thing that Michigan has done an outstanding job of all year long, we don't put the ball on the ground. Lake Corum does not fumble the football. Some of the other guys that have gotten in there have. Uh, but we don't turn the ball over. That recipe works for the long haul. It can continue to work, um, but going into Columbus is a different story, and it has been for Michigan. It's been a struggle for the better part of 20 years trying to find a win down there, and that's where, that's where my nerves get a little bit higher here a week from Saturday. But nonetheless, I think, uh, as I told Ballas in our podcast, to overlook this Illinois team, which I still believe has a certain element of danger to it, would be a big mistake for Michigan. So here we go, Bill. In my opinion, the playoffs have already started. Uh, and it started for Michigan a while back. You've got to execute each and every week or 
you're going to turn your season into an execution or an exhibition game if you if you lose any of these. Brett Bielema doesn't have a clue when it comes to offense, but I will tell you, from a pure physical football standpoint, I think outside of Michigan, I believe Illinois is the most physical football team I've seen in the Big Ten this year. Right there with I. Yeah, well, that's when they, when Illinois was on their run, uh, I kept saying to, to myself and others and my buddies that watch college football closely, Illinois is quietly just beating people up. And that's Bielema ball, and it has been going back to when he was at Wisconsin. This is what he knows, the old defensive lineman from Iowa that he is. He likes the physical front offensively and defensively, and he's going to punch you in the mouth and see if you can withstand it. And then you do the old school play action off of that, and he had it going. And then the Michigan State Spartans went down there and hit them in the mouth and did a nice job beating them at home. And now all of a sudden they got problems. They got injury problems and everything else. But I still think that the scenario here coming Saturday with everything on the line a week from Saturday, this is the classic trap game that, that Michigan could fall into. So it shouldn't be the case, Bill. It's the last home game for all these seniors and guys that are going to suit up for the last time. Should be a lot of emotion there. I wouldn't think that this is going to be the game that Michigan overlooks things too much. I think maybe that game was maybe Rutgers, uh, where we struggled a little bit in that first half and finally woke up and played some football. Um, but I think that, uh, again, you got to take them seriously at this point because everything's on the line every Saturday. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman at Michigan, late 80s, early 90s, also a co-host on the Michigan football podcast you can hear at the Wolverine.com, joining us here on the Huge Show. You just mentioned uh, seniors being honored on Saturday. Who would be the top three impact seniors so far for this Michigan football team? That's a great question. Well, it starts in the middle for me. Although with Timi at, at the center position has been outstanding this year at the center position. Um, and then across the offensive line, over on the defensive line, Morris. I don't know, is he a fourth or fifth year guy, Bill? I don't even know. It seems like he's been there so long, but he's had an outstanding year uh, in there in the defensive line, uh, those two guys. And then I'm going to throw a little curveball here. Our kicker, Mr. Moody, has been, uh, with the exception of a couple of hiccups, he's been cash money all season long, and we absolutely needed him in that Michigan State game, kicking all those field goals when our red zone offense wasn't getting the end zone. So, uh, those three guys, I think, have made a big, big difference. Of course, there's a lot more than that. But uh, the one the one player in particular, I think, at center, Olatimi, watching him closely, his technique, the way he keeps his shoulders square, getting up to the second level, and his feet are really good. He's a really outstanding player at that center position. Yeah, he'll be a, a long-time NFL center. And quietly, I think he's getting his due now uh, a big key as to why this Michigan team is undefeated. Uh, Doug, uh, J.J. McCarthy, you know, we talked about, you know, wondering the passing game if teams can finally slow down or shut down Michigan's running game here uh, whenever their season would end. Uh, McCarthy just hasn't looked ultra comfortable as a starter. He's had some flashes where, you know, a second half or a quarter he'll look great, but he hasn't looked comfortable. Is that still a product of seeing things he's never seen before as a starter? Or is it just? I don't know. Or is it just everybody seeing him come in late in blowout games and think uh, he was the next Tom Brady? Well, Bill, I think it's a combination of a couple things. Uh, at times in this season, uh, going back just in the last few weeks, he's been taking some licks after delivering the football. Yeah, we give up a sack 
Uh, Barnhart gave up a sack off the right edge there the other night uh, to a guy, and so we've given up a few actual for losses. But you know, I keep saying this, and I'll, uh, I, I absolutely feel strongly about this. If your quarterback is getting drilled even after throwing the football for a completion, it's not a good thing. That makes quarterbacks get really jumpy. They get uncertain about the protection in front of them, and then they don't have the luxury of taking the time to really eyeball things downfield. I think that's had an impact on them, maybe made them look a little bit less comfortable out there. And then the other thing is is the, the, the mid-range to deeper ball uh, uh, he doesn't have the luxury of guys being really, really open all that often. A lot of his success has been drag routes and mid-range routes, mid-range routes to his tight end over the middle, Ronnie Bell down the middle, you know, 10 to 15 yards, and then let him run after that. He's been trying through the course of the year to connect on that deep ball, but it just has not been there with any consistency. And, I, again, you know, what we talked at the beginning of this conversation, I don't know that this wide receiver group from Michigan is all that great at getting separation and getting open and helping their quarterback uh, throw the easy ball. It's it's requiring this quarterback of ours to to thread that thing in there. And of course, the deeper you got to do that, the harder it is. So I think those things combined have made him look like he's not maybe the absolute superstar that people thought he was going to be this year. But again, Bill, he's pretty doggone good. What he can do with his feet and what he can do on the run with the football, the way he throws the football while on the run, is really really good. I thought with their connection that Anthony would be that guy, the, the separator. You know, and they move Sammer still to DB. Uh, you have you, it, the receivers just don't look fast. And then what you're talking about, the separation, the, the separating speed, I just haven't seen that from Michigan's wide receiver. Matter of fact, the guy that looks the fastest on any route would be Donovan Edwards out of the backfield. Yeah, I know. That's the scary part is our – our backup running back, maybe our best wide receiver, and that's no disrespect to Ronnie Bell and the other guys out there playing it. Uh, and I don't know, Bill, you, you know, speed is, you know, one thing you can't coach and you either have it or you don't. Uh, but clearly this Michigan group is not just outrunning people, but there's ways to run routes with some pressure and some head movement and everything else to get some separation. And I absolutely agree. I thought Anthony would be the guy to really have a breakout season. It has not happened, but, boy, there's been so many passes that are within a step or two of him making a big play. and But, you know, again, until somebody does it with any consistency, I think that's, that's an area that a defense is going to look at this Michigan offense and say, hey, we can man these guys up and, and play somebody uh, underneath to, to help us on run support, and we shouldn't have too many problems here. So that's the part that concerns me as we head into the bottom, the bottom end of this season here. Yeah, one thing since Big Ten play started, Doug, that I, I'm really surprised they, every team hasn't loaded the box and said, I'm going to let the uh, first-time starter beat me at quarterback. Well, I think you're going to see that. You're going to see that this Saturday against Illinois, and I think you're absolutely going to see that down at Columbus, and we'll see how this Michigan running game responds. Uh, it requires even better performance out of a running offense like we have. And then these receivers and these tight ends, whoever it happens to be out there, and J.J., you got to execute. When a, when a defense says, hey, we're putting nine guys up there, uh, we're daring you and we're forcing you to put the ball in the air, somebody's going to have to make a play, and that time is coming. It will be interesting. They're going to get a physical Illinois team, who I believe will be more physical than Ohio State and you do have the game in Columbus, which you're Michigan. You don't want to get behind. I know it's 
really tough to look ahead or not look ahead, but you get Illinois on Saturday. You can follow uh, Skeen and Ballas with the Michigan Football Podcast every week at the Wolverine.com. Doug is a five-time Big Ten champion with his redshirt year, late 80s, early 90s. Heck of a job on the podcast and also here on the show. Doug, enjoy the Illinois game, and we'll talk next week about the matchup in Columbus. Oh, boy. Can't wait, Bill. So go blue. Thanks for having me. All right. Back at you. Doug Skeen checking in on the Meyer guest sign. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with the University of Michigan Athletics.